listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. This is the Pain Pod. You want to see pain? Look at these. Welcome to the Pain Pod, the podcast for all things pain management. Hosted by the pain guy, Dr. Mark Grofoli. We'll be collaborating with numerous pain management experts, talking about substance usage disorders, the latest treatment modalities, and most important, important. focusing on the pain of our patients as leading providers of pain care. And now, here's our host, a man wanted in all 50 states, a suburban city-like mountain man, without the beard, from the hills of West Virginia, and certified in weapons of mass destruction response, it's Dr. Mark Garofoli. Welcome back, everyone, to The Pain Pod. So this is, of course, your host, Mark Pain Guy Garofoli. We're going to be riding solo here today to talk about, well, something that I end up talking about entirely more than most, if not darn near all, pharmacists, urine. Yep, we're going to be going over urine drug monitoring. You know, so to classify that here today, of course, uh, urine drug monitoring would be that umbrella term for uh, urine drug screening uh, and then urine drug testing as well. There certainly is a difference and boy, it's convoluted sometimes. Terminology certainly matters. But uh, in talking about urine drug monitoring overall, so both the screening and the testing, uh, let's, let's dissect it here. You know, where does it come into play in healthcare and well, society overall, of course, uh, so, you know, uh, the difference right off the bat there, urine drug screening, you've got the cups, relatively less expensive, of course, uh, compared to the more relatively more expensive testing. Uh, the screenings are, are deployed everywhere. We see it for jobs. We see it with, uh, you know, even in, in questioning our youth or even our friends, family, colleagues or whatever. Uh, at home and readily available on society for the, the little cups. Yeah, you pee in the cup and it gives you some results rapidly quick, those immunoassays. Now, immunoassays, uh, well, for a long time, but especially in the last few years, the, the, that word, that that concept, that, that science, that technology, it's been a little bit more popular these days because that's the same uh, technology, quote unquote, that's in our, our COVID screenings, the rapid, quote unquote, tests, right? Still the same immunoassay looking for the, the antigens, antibodies along the way, uh, relatively simple things. We also see it, of course, in pregnancy tests. And again, we see it with the terminology of saying tests. That's, that's where we run down that road where these are really screenings. They're not quite uh, as, as reputable as an actual testing. You know, for example, I mean, silliest thing you're going to hear today or ever. Uh, would a pregnancy test, you know, the ones you, you buy at home or online or whatever, would they ever tell you boy or girl? I mean, that's just silly, right? Wah, wah. Um, but, uh, you know, sometimes we have such high expectations of a simple immunoassay screening uh, that it, it's almost like that should be expected, right? Um, and on top of that, there's a, a lot of false positives, false negatives. We'll, we'll get to that here in a hot second. But 
Let's jump to urine drug testing. So that's the confirmatory. Typically, and somebody's unless somebody's got a quite the uh, expensive lab uh, in their building, uh, which does happen, by the way. But uh, typically, it's a, a send out confirmation actually test. Those puppies they hold up in clinic and court. Okay, when you're having conversations with patients or whatever the realm, and you have an actual send out confirmatory urine drug test result, that holds up, folks. Okay much different conversation. Uh, so we, we want to keep in mind those bigger picture things here with that, the umbrella idea overall uh, for urine drug monitoring, including both the screening and the testing. So where do we put this into practice to help our patients and, and help our own sanity, right? Um, well, here's a question for everybody. Do you think that most clinicians are aware uh, that urine drug screenings, the cops again, can actually produce false negatives and false positives? And check this out. Uh, there's studies, I, I've got them, I'll include them in the show notes that show it's about a third of the time. Yeah, a third of the time. It almost begs the question of like, what, why? Like, why, why even utilize them? And I'm like, my gosh, if you, you know, are wrong a third of the time and it involves a job, a relationship, a, um, healthcare uh, provider relationship even, I, there's a lot going on, right? So we got to keep that in mind. Uh, now, why why do the cups, the screenings, produce those false negatives, positives, things like that? Well, it's because it's simple technology, really. But uh, there's there's really some eye popping, uh, what we call cross reactants, uh, that could cause a, a false positive, meaning that the the patient, the person, does not have the substance that's being screened for in their body, in their system. Uh, they have something else in there, and that something else is uh, kind of wearing a Halloween costume and uh, providing a false positive for the screening. It's a, it's a look-alike, structurally speaking. By the way, we want to take into account there's uh, the 2D structure we usually see on, on paper or on a screen, and there's also the 3D, which is a little bit tougher. Uh, but what's some of the most eye-popping cross-reactants? Let's jump right into it. Uh, let's talk about cannabis, cannabinoids, the whole gamut, right? Uh, did you know that uh, there's some NSAIDs, uh, even over-the-counter ibuprofen naproxen, that can create a false positive urine drug screening for what would be labeled on there as THC, marijuana, weed. Wow. I, I mean, does that make you step back for a second? Um, uh, PPIs uh, like pentomprazole uh, in the same bucket there. Uh, other things like promethazine, uh, uh, dronabinol, probably obviously, of course, right? Uh, but uh, things we might forget about along the way. They can. Um, in the opioid realm, uh, things like uh, diphenhydramine, generic Benadryl, a couple other OTC uh, antihistamines as well. Uh, quinolone antibiotics could have that happen. Uh, even uh, I think a random one was verapamil. Uh, and of course, uh, the infamous poppy seeds. Uh, we've got some case studies out there. I believe there's one from Hopkins. I got my eyes on one time. Uh, just going over the intricacies of that, if you want to check that out. Um, we'll have it in the show notes, of course. Uh, when you jump into things like stimulants, amphetamines, uh, even uh, prescription fluoxetine and SSRI for crying out loud, or bupropion, uh, FDA approved for multiple things. Uh, these types of things can produce a false positive, to, uh, insinuating that someone's utilizing am amphetamines, perhaps even in the illicit side, uh, just from taking a prescription or even over-the-counter medication. Uh, metformin falls into the same thing as a possible cross-reactant producing a false positive for amphetamines as well. Uh, of course, OTC, uh, uh, pseudoephedrine, uh, even menthol, uh, good golly, the list goes on. Uh, benzos, benzodiazepines, uh, you got to watch out with uh, sertraline, another SSRI, of course, or oxazeprine. Um, 
if uh, screening for alcohol, asthma inhalers can can sometimes do that, of course, too. Um, the list goes on and on and on. I, I won't, uh, you know, uh, bore everyone with uh, such a laundry list, but uh, many different endeavors out there and CEs here and there that go uh, a little bit deeper. But the overall big picture idea there is that, wow, so like a third of the time, these cups might be wrong and that could really affect our patient care, right? Uh, but beyond patient care, um, you know, employment in our country, if anybody ever has to do a, what is uh, referred to as a urine drugs test, uh, which is really a screening, uh, employers are actually uh, utilizing urine drug screenings. They're not confirmation tests. Uh, that's the standard across our country, everywhere. Um, the question would be, well, should employers uh, require that confirmatory send out urine drug testing? Because that's what holds up in clinic and court, right? Um, important things to keep in mind, especially when you're talking about, we just talked about cross-reactants that are over-the-counter even. Good golly, you get something down at the dollar store or the grocery store that might may prevent you from getting a job. It's big time. You know, flip side of the coin, outside, kind of outside of healthcare, um, what about parents? You know, what, what, if parents have to decide whether or not, you know, if there's a conspicuous situation, some worries, some concerns for a, a kid, uh, anybody in the family, whatever, um, you know, to to go there and do the urine drug screening or testing even or not. That's a big question. Once you enter that land, there's a lot of accusations there. Um, uh, trust issues. There's there's and, and, you know, if going in that land probably want to do it right and have the actual right answers, right? So you're in drug testing, even though the darn cups more often than not will literally be labeled as a urine drug test. And they're not, that's just not right. Okay. It's not even a personal factor and opinion. It's, it's not correctly labeled. Yeah. Keep that in mind too. So yeah, how else do uh, uh, folks, uh, there's times even folks uh, I will intentionally try to deceive a healthcare practitioner, uh, healthcare professional uh, with various methods. Um, you know, there's home remedies out there. There's, there's You can check out online. There's actually recipes for urine. Oh my goodness. Uh, there are uh, some folks who just drink lots of water and dilute. Uh, actually uh, see that in practice, uh, observing things, even where it happens when people aren't looking to do anything deceiving or anything. It just happens they drink a lot of liquid, a lot of water. Probably a good thing, right? Not when it comes to the urine drug monitoring, though. Uh, people could borrow someone else's urine. I mean, you see it in movies, but it happens in life, too. Heck, you can buy urine online. Did you know that? Like, check out wizenator.com. Um, by the way, not a sponsor, not tied to them in any way. Um, make sure you're, you're, uh, you don't have anybody young or any uh, bosses or any around when you pull up that website, by the way. But um, once you see it, you know what I'm talking about. But anyways, um, they, there's... <laughs> I, it, the fact that that stuff exists is is just amazing, quite frankly. Um, I'm sure everyone, if uh, or just about everyone listening, uh, certainly remembers Dr. Jeff Fuden, right? Absolutely amazing guy. And uh, he, I always remember one of his uh, patient care stories that he he shared in various presentations and conversations too, uh, talking about uh, where a, a patient uh, got their hands on something they bought from the the Wizenator website, and uh, it, it was a, a fake anatomical body part for a male. Uh, and with the witnessed urine collection, um, they, they dropped it. It fell to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Do we ever need to make up stories in healthcare? Of course not. Uh, think about that. And uh, I, I have multiple healthcare professionals, colleagues that are like, why do you talk about this stuff? And I'm like, well, because we need to know that it's a possibility. I, I, I mean, is it sensationalized material? Well, <laughs> 
certainly sounds like it in a way, right? But it's real and it's out there. And we need to be aware to make informed decisions. We need the information, right? Now, when making those decisions, uh, there's, uh, you know, it'll be a talk unto itself, of course, and in the past, many conversations, but, uh, the, you know, CDC uh, opioid guideline update. Uh, the the uh, will be referenced usually as the 2022 opioid guideline update. Uh, they're actually referencing uh, toxicology testing. So they don't come out and say urine drug testing or urine drug screening for that matter. But uh, it, and then we saw this in previous guidelines uh, everywhere. Uh, but the the 2016 CDC uh, opioid guideline. Uh, stated a frequency for for that of uh, initially and at least annually. So here's the question for everybody. I, I want you to think about this. Um, is that frequency initially and annually a best practice or should we intensify that a little bit? Like, so if we do it, let's say in that case, two out of 365 days, don't worry about the leap years, folks. Uh, what about the other 363 days? Like, can people's lives not change? Can things not happen? Um, or on the other side of the coin, should we not be utilizing it at all in patient care? You know, it's one of the tools in the toolbox, one of many uh, for risk reduction, not just for patients, but for healthcare professionals as well. So things to think about, you know, when talking about this urine drug monitoring overall, um, and, and hey, we're talking about urine. Uh, you know, one of the, the, the most interesting things that we should, probably should bring up is uh, what about color changes, all right? This is like my go-to uh, for talking, especially with uh, student pharmacists, med students, uh, medical fellows, student nurses, you know, whoever, it, it, whatever the profession in healthcare. Um, it, when going over, you know, how do we actually uh, proceed at the top of our licenses as pharmacists or really healthcare professionals in general, um, instead of saying, I need you to sign here? Let's respect over 90. Yeah, it's like over 30 years old now that said like we have to provide consultation, right? Uh, we got to provide our patients with information about the medicines we're giving them, right? Or at least offer to, right? So let's stop saying, please sign here. Heck, let's stop saying, do you have any questions? That I, You know, when I go to a mechanic and they're like, they do something to my vehicle and they're like, yeah, any questions? I'm like, I don't even know how to say the words of the things that make up the car. Good golly. But if they say, hey, uh, Marco, uh, if you don't come back in 25 miles uh, to retorque your tires, because that's somehow a law or something in my state of West Virginia, um, you know, your wheel might fall off. All of a sudden, I'm making up more questions left and right, right? You hear me? Um, so with urine color changing uh, for certain medications, uh, it's usually really good to bring that up. Like, you know, if somebody's picking up, it's not utilized a lot, but, uh, you know, quote unquote, muscle relaxants or the, one of them, chlorzoxazone, it has a chance to change someone's urine to purple. Yeah, purple, literally. So or it, it could be orange or red as well, too. Uh, but I if I take a medication, okay, let's, I'll be the patient here. Pain guy's the patient. Um, and I take a medicine and my urine turns purple and you, the pharmacist, the healthcare professional didn't tell me that was a possibility. You think I'm ever going to trust you again in my life? <laughs> like would have appreciated some Intel there, right? Good golly. Uh, and uh, we'll stay in the same genre, uh, methocarbamol, um, OTC in Canada, by the way. Okay turn someone's urine uh, blue or even green. I mean, what's it, St. Patty's Day or something? Good golly. I'm sure folks are uh, well abreast on the idea of uh, even OTC or prescription, the phenazoperidine uh, with orange or red. Um, I experienced that back in uh, my COVID kidney stone days. Uh, you know, we already had an episode on that, so you could check that out in uh, one of the early on pain pot episodes. But, uh, you know, what a great time to bring up. Um, hey, good sir, good ma'am. Um, this uh, medication has a small chance of turning your uh, urine purple. 
Uh, anything you want to know more about that or any other questions? Good golly. All of a sudden, it's like the mechanic telling me my wheel might fall off. I'm going to come up with some questions, right? Anyways, we digress. Let's, let's, uh, we're in the urine ballpark, but let's go back into the infield here, right? Uh, how do we go about these things? Uh, actually performing whether you choose or your clinic or your practice chooses urine drug screening or testing. So uh, in, uh, in Utopia, that's what I call where, where I get, uh, you know, the blessing to, to work uh, or to be uh, present there as a pharmacist or, or uh, West Virginia University or WVU Medicine uh, Pain Clinic. Um, the, the rule of the land there is every patient, every time urine drug testing. And check this out. It's not like you have to do extra effort to get the results. Um, if anything's out of pace, you get a message that says, hey, check this out. Something's out of pace. So it's less effort. And it's confirmatory every time. That's utopia, folks. That's not possible everywhere, all right? It's possible many places. It's not possible everywhere. Got to take cost into, into concern as well, too. Who's paying? Patient, insurance, you know, lots of stuff going on there, of course. Um, but how do you, you know, where do we go with, uh, all right, well, now we've got a, a urine drug screening that's positive for something or, uh, you know, better yet, a urine drug testing that's positive for something. Got to remember that, uh, you know, calm, cool, collected, emotional intelligence. Uh, and hey, what, what life goes wrong sometimes. That's how we want to proceed, of course. Um, I, you know, it's easier in some settings compared to others, but we got to keep that in mind as well. Uh, where, where's the future of uh, this urine drug monitoring going? Well, um, that that's, uh, you know, certainly something that we got to, yeah, think a little bit bigger of like, yeah, what, what else is going on here um, in the in the big picture? Well, to infinity and beyond, folks, uh, there's uh, smart watches. You know, you think about it, they're already checking out oxygen. That's a chemical. That's uh, something that could be looked for. Uh, what else? Uh, you know, blood glucose eventually or maybe already. Uh, well, what about, you know, just screening for substances? And maybe it's in the future, right? It's not that preposterous at that at this point. Heck, uh, in other countries, they already have toilets. They're thousands of dollars, mind you, but uh, they'll, they'll check everything for you. Um, totally different experience when you go to places like uh, Asia and a couple other continents with uh, what folks are spending on their toilets and what they can actually do. All right, so we're going we're gonna to wrap it up with a, a question or two here. But um, one of the things that I, I often hear, it's more so from patients, quite frankly, is what's up with this golden seal? Okay. Uh, and, and I don't know if anybody ever had somebody come into a pharmacy, uh, typically in a community setting saying, Hey, I need some golden seal. I've got this, uh, you know, drug test coming up for a job and I, I need to, you know, kind of cover that up what I've been up to. I, it's real life. It happens. Um, where did that myth come from? Cause to our knowledge, it's still a myth. I mean, there's online blogs out there where uh, people are, are pontificating online like anywhere else uh, and, and talking about, oh, it, it worked, it worked. Eh, was it that? Was it diluted, more liquid? Eh. Well, um, turns out uh, there was actually a, a fiction novel. It was called uh, String Town on the Pike. It was written by a pharmacist. It was John Uri Lloyd. Um, basically involved uh, some uh, interesting topics. Uh, murder. Uh, the victim had strychnine in the stomach. Um, they were taking bitters, which is actually an ingredient um, uh, in there, included golden seal. Uh, and that, that was the cause of the false positive for that deadly poison. But again, folks, we got to remember, uh, you know, most relatively recently, there's been multiple scientific studies, at least two that I know of, uh, that show no effect of golden seal on urine drug uh, monitoring, uh, especially when it comes to covering up uh, positives for marijuana, weed, THC, um, even though the online blogs continue to say the contrary. So keep that in mind. Uh, well, if that was the million dollar question, 
Well, what's the billion dollar question? Here's the billion dollar question, right? Is it physically possible for a random CBD product to facilitate a positive THC urine drug screening? Um, is it possible? Well, when you look at the structures, that's one of the things I, I usually recommend folks to do. I get, uh, if you want to call them consults on the fly, whether it's colleagues, family, friends, whatever, they're always like, hey, is this one of those possible uh, false positive things you're always yapping about? Well, all we got to do really, it's like the one time in the history of healthcare and mankind that we say, it's actually fine just to pull up the structure online. Look at the structure of uh, the two possibilities, what they're, what they're screening for or testing for, but in this case, screening for, uh, and look at that and see if there's any similarities to the uh, the, the possible false positive. Uh, well, when you look at CBD and THC and you're looking at it in 2D on a screen on paper, boy, they're similar. So that's certainly possible. But if you look at the 3D structure, it gets a little bit more wonky. So it's a little bit trickier. Okay. And it's really hard to do that 3D thing. So, you know, is it possible? It is physically possible for a CBD product to produce a false positive THC urine drug screening. In fact, it might actually not even be a false positive because there's different CBD products out there. Uh, and many studies these days will show that the, you know, the trust of what's actually in the product isn't hundred um, percent. It's just not there yet. You know, capitalism will perhaps get us there and it's been vastly improving over the last decade or so, vastly improving, but it's still not hundred percent. And if someone's job or various other things in life are on the line, that's important to keep in mind. So you want to keep that in mind there. Um, you know, even looking further is the CBD products are they full spectrum? Uh, could be any any cannabinoid, uh, broad spectrum, any cannabinoid except THC or CBD isolate, just CBD. Uh, keeping those in mind for what is labeled at least. Now there there's a lot of murky areas here uh, when it comes to urine drug monitoring overall. We went over a couple of the big picture things, even had the million dollar and billion dollar questions there at the end. Uh, but if you want to look for some more information, um, I, I teamed up with the uh, folks at APHA. We're actually going to be having a urine drug monitoring webinar uh, debuting in the coming weeks. Uh, so you certainly check that out, especially if you're a member. If you're not a member, make that happen, folks. Um, it, it, Certainly want to uh, consider uh, the umbrella organizations, at least for the profession of pharmacy or whatever the heck healthcare profession you're in, right? APHA, AMA, so on and so forth, right? Uh, but, you know, things to keep in mind. So a lot of uh, interesting, hopefully, uh, things that we went over here for urine drug monitoring. Folks, we just talked about urine for a good while, or at least I did. Hope you enjoyed. Uh, heck, I, I hope everyone is a little bit less pissed off right? We aimed here to clear the fog on all things urine, all right? Uh, or as much as we could do in a quick, you know, talk here. Uh, so what I want to let everybody know, though, join us for our next episode of The Pain Pod. We're actually going to be chatting with some folks involved in the development of the Hulu series, Dope Sick, and of course, the original book, obviously. Uh, so if you haven't read it or watched the story yet, get hopping, folks. That's your homework. If you've already done it, eh, do it again or find something else, right? Regardless, Pain Pod Nation, Join us next time on The Pain Pod. If you'd like to join Mark on The Pain Pod, send us an email to publisher at pharmacypodcast.com. And make sure to share the show and subscribe on your favorite podcast directory. Thanks for listening.